We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Talk Recorded live. Hello, welcome to another edition of Red and Black Podcast. Myself, I say, Also with my co-host, Rory Anderson. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I won $166 on uh, the contest I'm doing against the spread, having tied with two other people for first place this week. So I'm freaking pumped. All right, so let's just get into Monday night. Um, Raider, I mean, Chiefs and Broncos, basically to find out who is going to be the uh, if the Chiefs won, they would have been first place, right? What? No. No, 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 no. Raiders were already set to be in first place by winning earlier in the day. The Chiefs are a three-loss team. I'm going to take a look at the Raiders are three losses. No, Raiders are 9-2, and two, Chiefs are 8-3, uh, and three, and the Broncos are 7-4. and four. Well, anyways, would you like to uh, review Monday Night Football? If we have to. Lord, you're going to start? <laughs> <laughs> I got to say this. I had, I, like every other person in Raider Nation, was rooting for the tie. And when that ball bounced off the upright, I seriously thought it didn't go in, and I was so freaking excited that when I realized that it actually went in, I spent off five minutes in utter space of despair and almost cried. I honestly hate ties to begin with. Yeah, I know, but I wanted it just out of spite for you. I mean, what's the point of a tie? I mean, I it just ruins... The whole standing thing is it makes things more confusing. I just feel like it should be like college. There really is no tie. You go to double overtime if you have to. Maybe triple. Because if you go into that whole thing where they're doing it from the 25-yard line, you're going to massively skew all the the statistics. It's not going to add up right, and then it's all going to be out of whack. It's a bad way to do it. I don't have any problem with ties. I think it's perfectly acceptable. They're so freaking rare that it doesn't even matter. It's a complete anomaly. People so that we have three of them last year. So what? It's an anomaly for the year. Most years, we're lucky to have a one. It does not happen that frequently. The fact we have three this year is a complete fluke. Good, I win that argument. 
Well, the, the chase without Johnny Erickson, I think they found a gem in every kill for a either five seven or five eight guy. Uh, I, I think a punt return for a touchdown, receiving touchdown. Did he have a rushing one too, or something like that? A receiving return and a rush. Yes, first time it had been done by a rookie since Gale Sayers in 1965. Not only if you could pass that ball better. <laughs> Might be an upgrade over Alex Smith. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's still I still find it remarkable that Alex Smith can even be a serviceable quarterback in this league. That offense just well, he's offered that offense. That offense operates so smoothly in spite of him, it's unreal. I mean, people give him crap that, I mean, he, he's, I mean, come on. Would you rather have him or right now the Rams or Niners situation? Would I prefer him or Jared Goff? I mean, the only real difference between him and Jared Goff is about 10 seasons. I mean, the upside, at least you have upside with Jared Goff. Alex Smith, I mean, like, Alex Smith is fine. He is an average NFL quarterback who will do what you ask him to do. And he's opinions better. I hate that topic. And he is perfect for Andy Reid. I mean, that's he he does exactly what Andy Reid needs him to do, and he fits in perfectly fine with it. Just me personally, I just do not find him to be a good quarterback. Nor is he one that I would be excited to have as my quarterback for my football team. I mean, Eagles fans might be excited like five years ago. Yeah. I mean, I think if he hit, I mean, he is destined to be successful in an Andy Reid offense. He's the perfect quarterback for Andy Reid. And it makes a ton of sense. I mean, it doesn't surprise me one bit that he's doing well in Kansas City. Just me personally, I think he's not an inspiring um, quarterback. He's nothing special. He just happens to be the right quarterback for the right system in Andy Reid. He's just a married hell. Okay, before we move on to Thursday night football, I got one question. Who do you, who would you rather have Case not Case Keenum, um Trevor Simeon or Alex Smith? I think it's Alex Smith, it's not even close. Trevor Simeon if Alex Smith is a mediocre average quarterback, Trevor Simeon is the diet version of Alex Smith. Which is to say that he's Alex Smith just not as good. Anyways, uh Thursday night football, Cowboys and Vikings. I mean this is if you want to see a defensive performance, you gotta see the Vikings. But if they're trailing, like they probably will be, then you will get the bad Vikings again. Like we saw against the Bears. Pretty much every person of the Vikings is bad. I mean, the Lions are winning that division, but if the Vikings lose, I think 8-8 eight eight can win that division. If they lose, they'll be 6-6. Six six. Well, if it was 8-8, eight eight, then it would have to go, I mean, the Lions would have to really cave and choke <laughs> the last four games. And I mean, the Lions have been extremely lucky. He's when, I mean... Basically, 
fourth quarter every year, it's come down to the Lions. I mean, Matthew Stafford, I would think he's, this is an MVP season for him. For a subpart group of wide receivers, I mean, they're not all bad. No running game, no defense. I mean, and he's been at his team 7-4. And, and it's not the team that's doing it, it is him. And so he is single-handedly, you know, been together that game-winning drive. I mean, they don't put away the game in the third or second quarter. It's, it usually comes to the last two possessions for them. Yes. Um, well, it's pure luck. I don't think it's pure luck. I think Detroit overall has... I, I think Detroit is the not-so-good version of Oakland in the sense that they have a highly opportunistic defense. They have a solid offense that's primarily predicated upon um, the quarterback being successful. What Detroit lacks that, Ra- that the Raiders have is the Raiders have a really, really good offensive line, and I think they probably have better – well, they definitely have better um, – receiving options and, you know, better overall weapons on the offense. But the, the luckily for the, the Lions, in this case, their competition this year is not that great. And unless all of a the sudden their division turns itself on ahead and the Packers end up being a real fight for them and same thing with the Vikings and, you know, the Bears at the later end of the season when we start hitting all these um, division matchups, you know, they're probably going to win the division, you know, like, uh, you know, nine and seven or 10 and six. And it won't be overly impressive, but, you know, a win's a win. It, it kind of, the Lions kind of remind me of their, I think it was 2011 when they were winning all those close games and they finally made the playoffs and when they actually played a really good Saints team at the time, they had Bane. Yeah, that could ab- that would absolutely make a lot of sense to me. I could see them first round, you know, the first game they play in the playoffs, they go up against a team from a tougher division who is more talented, and you know they're a wild card. And it's a wild card team, and they get you know wiped out. That you know it's kind of similar to what happened with the Chiefs and the Texans last year. That was ugly. Before we move on, uh, who are you taking, Dallas or Minnesota? And give me your reason why. Well, let's check the line real quick. The line is minus three and a half for Dallas because Minnesota's at home. I do not trust Minnesota as far as I can throw it, so I'm taking Dallas minus three and a half. We'll probably run a mud hole right through Minnesota. Let's hope I have Elliot on my fantasy team and Todd Gurley, so I'm hoping they actually do something. Anyway. Well, you better hope. <laughs> uh, I have the Cowboys winning. I mean, uh, Sam Bradford is being Sam Bradford. I'm surprised he's not hurt or benched yet. To be honest. Um, hmm? Say that one more time about Bradford. 
I said, I'm surprised he's not benched or injured yet. What the hell? What else are they going to do? I mean, injured, okay, that makes sense. But what are they going to do in terms of benching? They don't have any other options. It's crap, crap, more crap. I mean, Sean Hill might actually be the better quarterback. Oh, stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Dude, you started drinking way too early today. (laughs) Don't drink at all. Right. Um, It's Bill's better than Bruce Hamilton. Just move on. (laughs) Trying to kill me. Chiefs Falcons. I think this is going to probably be one of the games of the week. This could be this game right here. If the Falcons win this game, and the Raiders win their game, this could blow open the AFC West and really insulate the Raiders from any potential issues in the final stretch here in the final quarter of the season. And I think if anybody can stop that gap and you know take off one of these NFC West teams, it's Falcons, they already took out the Raiders, those on different circumstances, two different teams now. Um, I just think, well, how can you match that firepower on Matt Ryan's offense? To be honest, I think it's that glove. You know, after he injured his fingers, like earlier in the year, he wore that glove. He's been spot on. Where's he theory? Yeah, I think the. The only thing that Kansas City could do is make sure that they're getting home with their pass rush all the time. D Ford's going to need to be healthy. They're going to need to keep a good rotation with Tom Bahali. They're going to have to rotate those three guys constantly, and they're going to have to make sure they're getting home time and time and time again. Because every time that. that they're every time that they give Atlanta even, you know, two seconds to look to an intermediate route, they're going to hit it, and they're going to pick it all over games and they're going to rip them apart. And then on the other side of the the other cornerback there, Peters, he gives you tons and tons of opportunities to burn him. So Atlanta, and I think the other thing Atlanta can do is utilize their running backs in the passing game to expose the inside linebackers for the Chiefs. Um and I think that could absolutely be dangerous as well. It could be think, very, very interesting. I think they got a they got a Kenneth Acker at the opposite Marcus Peters. I mean, the guy that they have now got torched for over 180 yards total on that game from different wide receivers. And I mean, Acker may not be a big upgrade, but come on. Uh, I mean, on the other side of it, if you're putting Peters on Julio, which I think is a terrible matchup to begin with, uh, for me personally, I might actually put Acker. Uh, he might match him better with speed. And I'd put uh, safe Eric, Eric Barry at the top and maybe double-team or triple-team with another corner. But I mean, that yeah. often, you could stop Julio but then you have Sanu, you have Devontae Freeman, and Taylor Gabriel is making plays. And we don't, the X factor in this game is Austin Hooper. We don't know what we're going to get out of the tight end position. Exactly. 
And the other, I think there are way too many weapons for the Chiefs. And this is ultimately what the problem is. And the other thing, too, is Bob Sutton, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, loves to blitz. So I think ultimately the Chiefs are going to have to save themselves. Look, we cannot match up man for man, especially out of 11 personnel. We're going to have to bring the heat and hope it hits. And if um, Atlanta can consistently get the ball out before the pressure gets there, they're going to have opportunities. They have, I mean, they've done that for the most part. But Matt Ryan's been still getting hit quite a bit on the right side of the line. And Ryan Trader, he's been fine, but he just got paid a five-year deal, which is kind of bogus. Say that one. What, what's bogus? Uh, Ryan Trader's five-year deal, and he's the reason why Matt Ryan's getting paid. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, that that Atlanta offensive line is not necessarily, you know, full of top players, you know. Let's be honest now. I mean, Alex Mack and Adam Levitre, that's probably it. Yeah, and and Levitre's got issues. Uh, From time to time, I like Levitre a lot, but he's got issues from time to time. Sometimes he just has brain farts. And so... Before we close arguments, how do you see this game unfolding? Who do you have winning? Well, I believe this line is Kansas City plus three and a half in Atlanta. So Kansas City's are Kansas City's a favorite? No, Kansas City's a dog. Ah. Kansas City's a three and a half point dog in Atlanta. I these are two teams I don't trust because I do think Kansas City, is, as good as their defense is, I, I know that that offense is built on it's built on smoke. You know, that's all it is. It's, it's built on misdirection and it's complete smoke screen. The three and a half is tempting, though. I could definitely see it being a last-minute field goal for Atlanta to win it. So I'm going to take Kansas City plus three and a half, but I think Atlanta wins. I picked Atlanta to win. <laughs> to be honest, I could see a Tyreek Hill game, to be fair, with, without Desmond Trufon. That could be a game changer for that Atlanta defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... <laughs> The Atlanta defense does worry me. Like, legitimately freaks me out. You know, like, you, you just don't really know what you're going to get, but you never know. If, if Beasley, if they rush Beasley off the end and he blitz very, very successfully and he gets home, you know, two or three times, it could really wreck Kansas City. You know, uh, Kansas City against the Broncos did not run the ball well, but Atlanta doesn't really have a great run defense. So, well, I mean, he's the 30th best a run defense in Denver and couldn't generate anything. We'll just have to see how it works out. But, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Kansas City plus three and a half. Moving forward. I don't even know if I want to talk about this game. Niners and Bears. I knew you were going to see Niners and Bears. This is the week's toilet bowl. All I'm going to this say... Is for the second overall pick. This isn't a game. Yeah. Uh, this. All I'm going to say is San Francisco is plus two and a half 
Colin Kaepernick coming off of a really big game where he did tons and tons of Colin Kaepernicky things, although I watched most of that game and I wasn't necessarily impressed. That's because quarterbacks, his style, don't really impress me. Um, San Francisco plus two and a half. San Francisco plus two and a half. I think I'm going to take San Francisco. I think they win that football game. Zero to zero tie. Ah, it's plausible. <laughs> I have. Can you say something worse between Colin Kaepernick versus uh, Matt Barkley? Uh, Matt Barkley? Oh, oy vey. <laughs> oy vey versus Kane Butler versus Matt Barkley. Huh? I said the only thing worse would be Jake Cutler versus Matt Barkley. Well, that couldn't happen. Jake Cutler and Matt Barkley are on the same team. I know that. What would be worse is that the Browns face either team. <laughs> Watch Jake Cutler end up with the Browns next year. Now what? That's actually plausible. I could see that at work and time to a one-year deal because you know he's not the answer or maybe it's two years. But then you draft a replacement, you buy time because you don't maybe not like any of these quarterbacks. You want, you want to know the weirdest part of that? I actually think if he was working with Hugh Jackson, he'd end up being a pretty good quarterback. Who was with Adam Gase? If he was there one more year, he'd get fired. The thing is, Hugh Jackson, what Hugh Jackson really wants to do is run the ball with power and then just chuck it deep. And, and that, the one thing Jay Cutler's really the one thing Jay Cutler's really good at chucking it deep. I just find a kind of I, I don't know if it's irony for him, but um, and it's not really funny, but it's just so weird. The Bears have fifteen, well. Almost 16 guys on IR. If they color gets put on, they'll make it 16. Four guys suspended. So, <laughs> that's 19 of your 22 starters out. And? and just, I mean, people say Chargers have had worse luck. Nobody's had this bad of luck with them. No, no, this is this is historically bad. I mean, I would say every, every few years you get a team where, you know, they're hitting 19. I mean, there was a Super Bowl year for the Green Bay Packers where they had something like that, like 20 guys on IR by the Super Bowl. But it only happens every few years. Okay, so I'm saying Niners. I don't really care how it happens. I just know what's going to happen. Niners are at least competitive. Well, they could be exciting. You never know. Colin Kaepernick could go full derp and, you know, throw four interceptions. Now, this thing interests me. The Bengals and Eagles. And I don't think the Bengals are going to tank at all. I... I honestly am really, really struggling to get a feel for this game. Um, but the Bengals, <laughs> woo, too, pardon me. But the Bengals are just in a world of hurt on a whole different level. That's uh, underestimated. Uh, letting Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu go. Well, he can play. 
I, yeah, I, I don't think they really. The problem is, I think that Red Rocket over there is too heavily reliant upon AJ Green and having an outside threat. That when you take that away from him, you he really doesn't have a safety blanket. I think AJ Green is the safety blanket because Tyler <laughs> hurt so much, and because of the consistency at wide receiver, you know, at the other positions, the backups, he just, if A.J. Green's not there, he gets rattled and doesn't know what to do with the football and just ends up eating it. Well, he was being rattled before that. Did that line, before this year, they were saying it could be on par with Dallas. No. Uh, Cedric Abu has been awful. They haven't really played the other kid from Oregon yet. Um, and I just think this offensive line has been awful. This defense has been underperforming. I mean, you could listen on paper. On paper, pretty good defense. But right now, they aren't. Their linebacker core has been total garbage. Um, has Geno Atkins even been entry right now? I mean, have you heard from them at all this year? I mean... He, he's not set up for me on any level. Marcus Hunt won't get you anything. And I don't know who the other guy. Michael Johnson has been a bust. I, I think what you have here is a team that, for the most part, is, to me, always been overrated. I don't, you know, I, I think they're, they're a team that performs better than the, like the sum of their parts is better than who they are, ultimately. And the problem is if they don't have swagger or they don't really buy in on their own, on an on a in-depth level, then they end up falling on their face. And I think that's what's happened. And you have a lot of the swagger guys you know, get themselves in trouble. Bonte's perfect, you know, those kind of cats. And, you know, when they don't have that swagger and they don't have that belief, they just suck. And I think that's where they're at. They don't have it because A.J. Green's out, they're not playing well, and they just, they, they feed off of, you know, swag, and it's just not there. And you see them not being able to hold it consistently. You say security blanket and A.J. Green. Of course, I agree with that 100%. But I think, I think I'm. I know you're gonna disagree with me. But I think Gio Bernard may have been a bigger loss. That I mean, could. Hmm? That could. I mean, that makes some sense. You know, you know, to have a checkdown guy. I when I was thinking safety blanket, I was just thinking of somebody he could always count on to just chuck it up there. But I mean, if you want to take it as a, a checkdown guy, like I, yeah, I can see that. Gio Bernard was always—he's always been a good pass catcher. I mean, Hill's not bad either. He displayed that this past week. I mean, he's not a bad guy passing through the air, but Gio Bernard gives you a little something extra. Even Rex Burkhart is a good pass receiver. He just isn't as feisty as uh, well, Gio Bernard. Playing time either. Well, yeah, he's gotten more now that Gio's been hurt. I mean, just mean, Gio, for all we can say about 
he may not be a foundation back or whatever. I kind of think he can be. I mean, he is that type of runner your quarterback loves. A guy who can, I think, I'm pretty sure Gio can run between tackles, but I mean, he's a safe player. He's a guy you can rely on in the passing game when you get into trouble. Check down. And he's good in pass protection. And without that, Dolph's kind of garbage in pass protection. Gio has been sort of handed back there and helping block for him, but without Gio, that hurts. Gio is Gio is Charlie Garner. And I say that with all due respect to Charlie Garner, but Charlie Garner was best when paired with Tyrone Wheatley. When he had that big power back that offset him. I think can you go and take a guy like Gio Bernard to go put him by himself and have him be a decent running back? Sure. Yeah. But I can say the same thing about Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller ideally should have another guy in the backfield with him. You know, that's what they tried with Daniel Thomas. He's another one of those guys, you know, that's like a Charlie Garner, who ideally you want two bags back there. And um, that's what I see with Geo. But, yeah, I definitely could see how they could definitely miss him. And, I mean, you say the big threat, you know, to chuck it deep. That's what Tyler Eifert said might be. Yeah, well, Tyler Eifert's always been that guy down the seam, but I just think that A.J. Green, or um, A.J. Green, because he's always there, he's developed a better chemistry and a better, they're on a different level, he and um, uh, the quarterback there, as opposed to Eifert, who's been in and out of the lineup. You know, when he's there, he's fantastic, but there's just a lot more rapport with A.J. Green. And give me a break with people who always bring him so he can help you out really all that well. He helped Brady out. Um different situation and he's not that good of a player. Um Tyler Boyd I mean he had seven targets I mean, seven catches on like twelve targets and he couldn't get any yards at the catch. Yeah, Tyler Boyd also figured out a way to drop a lot of passes too, so you know. Um, so when it comes to draft summer free agency time, you need to add some more speed and some more physical wide receivers, sort of like an Anquan Bolton type wide receiver. No, 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 not Anquan Bolton, but that type of wide receiver. No, I don't think you need to add Anquan Bolton. I think you need to add another intermediate to vertical threat that's going to torch defenses between 12 and 15 yards on in-route, like uh, digs and stuff, digs and posts. I don't think you need another big guy. No, you need, you know, someone who's, you know, six foot, 195 pounds with solid hands who can run a 12-yard dig at the sticks and, you know, go pick up 10 yards extra contact. Or Daryl Patterson. No, you need someone who can actually catch the ball. Hey, he's been fine this year. Lies. Moving forward, I have the Bengals winning. I and that's just me thinking Bengals are better. They may prove not to be, but I I'm giving one more shot before I just give up. Alright, are we done talking about this game? Makes me want to gag. Who are you picking real quick? 
Cincinnati's plus one and a half. I'll take Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia smacks them around a little bit. From a toilet bowl game to a division rival versus a crap crummy team, Jacksonville, Denver. May as well get all the bad games out early. <laughs> I think. I mean, I, I honest, Jacksonville's been playing teams really close recently, the last few weeks. But Jacksonville in this game is plus four and a half. I find it really, really hard in my head to figure out a way in which they keep this game close. I'll be taking Denver minus four and a half. Uh, but you never know. They could. I just, I really can't wrap my head around the idea of Jacksonville winning. Yeah, I can. Um, I have to Oh, by the way, I got 13 out of the 16 games right last week. Doesn't matter. You don't pick up the spread. I don't care. Um, Lion, same. We talked about that playoff game earlier. Um, personally, for me, I think the Saints need this game more than the Lions do. I just think it's going to be a complete smashing. I mean... I think there will maybe a couple interceptions for Breeze against Slay. Other than that, Breeze torched his playing against Jonathan Saints. We'll tell you if you think that picked the other team. Um, I'm going Saints. They haven't picked against Saints all year, and that's not a bunch. I think they get Brandon Cooks more involved. Cooks was, was held without a catch last. So you moved on to the Saints game? Yeah, Saints Lions. Now, yeah, Saints of Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. In New Orleans. Saints are minus four and a half. I really, you know, even with Ziggy Yonza back, I don't think that Detroit's going to be able to do enough to really slow New Orleans down. I think this is going to be a shootout, but I do think New Orleans is going to win by at least four and a half. So I'm going to take New Orleans to the points. Do we agree on that game? Another toilet bowl pick. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers' injury is in two areas. Uh, Packers, Texans. Say that again? Packers, Texans. Oh, Packers game. Yeah. Place where we have many, many magical tents. Which is where I think where I think guys go to do some naughty things to themselves during the game. Just kidding. Um, same thing. Maybe Olivia Munn was in that tent. Oh, definitely. You got to take her back there so she's freezing, right? That's what you need to do. Uh, I can't, who, who the heck are they playing? Uh, why can't I find? I see Tampa. Why do my eyes deceive me? Oh, there it is. Houston and Green Bay. Houston is plus five and a half. I believe this one is in Green Bay. It is. Green Bay is five and six. I think Green Bay is going to cover the five and a half and beat Houston. So both teams end up being six and six. I think this, I think this starts to become somewhat of a shootout. But 
Rockheiser cannot do anything at all. So I think this is a complete blowout situation. I think it's maybe a 30 to 10 game. Lamar Miller gets in the end zone early. Mm, um, yeah. Since we're in agreement, another toilet bowl game. <laughs> Patriot Rams. Oh, geez. This is a ridiculous line, by the way. Patriots are minus 13 and a half. And if it, the, the problem here for me is the Patriots offense has been really weird the last couple of weeks with Bill Gronk. But Los Angeles' defense has been completely out of whack. And I believe Los Angeles... You Norris know, Jenkins was a huge loss one, too. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is I just don't think that defense is quite as good as people make it out to be. Robert Quinn's just not quite there, you know. Um, I mean, he's I been hanging out the lineup with an injury, too. And don't forget, they also lost Ronnie McLeod. Mm-hmm, and, which was a huge loss, in my opinion. And, and Ronnie McLeod was my favorite safety in the free agency this year. He was the guy I wanted the most. And, you know, I wanted the Raiders to get Rodney McLeod really bad. Uh, underrated. Yeah, and um, I, I think, you know, with Jared Goff there, I think Belichick is really going to confuse the crap out of him. Um, and New England's at home. So I think I'm going to take New England in the points, as as crazy as that is. Or I'd say I'm going to take New England uh, minus 13 and a half. Um, I agree. And Marcus Cannon getting a five-year deal today. That was nuts. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, I'm, I was a little surprised. But apparently he's, been good for them. apparently he's been playing pretty well for them. He's never impressed me. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't watch a whole lot of Patriots, though, at least not in depth. So, good for him. Good story. Okay, let's see. This is where certain games start to get interesting. Dolphins, Ravens. I think this. I already went on a rant on Twitter against Dolphins fans. I've already started blocking them. Oh, um, God. Dolphins. I was surprised Dolphins actually have fans. To be fair, they've been dormant. Um, six straight wins again. Teams below 500. I mean, you could say the Bills and the Steelers. The Steelers lost Big Ben, and that offense went out of sync fast. And they weren't even 500 at the time. Nor was Bills. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of moving parts on that offensive line. Personally, I think Baltimore and that defense is going to dominate up front. I think they're really going to slow down Jay Ajayi, and I don't. And I think Ryan Tannehill is going to come back to earth because I don't really think he's that good of a quarterback. And I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this by at least five points. Yeah. I, I made that same argument. Ryan Tannehill's not good to a quarterback because he's at least the twenty-fifth best. Out. Maybe that's giving him something. And they're like, "Well, they showed me a stat through the last six weeks. He's ninth. Woohoo!" Seven touchdowns, one interception. Who have they played? Come on, Dolphins fans. They're like, let someone's just like, just let them enjoy their victory. No, because they are not right. They are not for real. They make, they may enter the playoffs with the easiest 
remaining schedule, and they're going to get banged. They are not good. I agree. Not, not as long as Ryan Tannehill is, is the quarterback. That offense cannot move. And people are like, six-game winning streak. You barely beat the Rams. They barely beat the Niners. That, too. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact they tackled Colin Kaepernick at the two-yard line. I'm sorry. I'm going off on a rant still. But uh, the defense has been only good on third downs where they're only ranked first. But other than that, they're getting banged through the running and passing game. I think Tony Lippett was a big upgrade over Byron Maxwell after Lippett got comfortable. And they're really they're really only good on third downs when it's third and long, when they can yeah. let the pass rushers get there with Dominican Sue and Cameron Wake. Um, if they if they're not able to rush the passer, if it's third and short, they're going to give it up. And JJ has declined. Okay, he had a two hundred two game, then he had like a two thirty something, then a one fifty six. I mean, oh, 120, I think, something like that. And then now he's down to, I think, 87 yards left. Yeah. They did he's not do well running the ball against the, against the Niners. He's gotten worse in almost every game except for one. And, I mean, he's, he's a good back. I said that before the season, before they benched him. But come on, people. With Ryan Tannehill, your offense is limited and one dimensional. You cannot win. You can't. You can't even progress to the divisional round, even if you made the playoffs. Sorry. <laughs> Back to the game. All right. So what's the next game? Because my yeah, my, we were talking. Miami was plus three and a half. I'm taking Baltimore. I think they're going to win that. And then I'll unblock the Ravens fans and I'll troll them. (laughs) God. What do we got next? Bills, Raiders. This game actually could be a fun defensive game to watch. It really comes down to how well can the Raiders handle the Bills and LaShawn McCoy. Because the Bills, everything they do with the Bills is based off of play action. Um, my biggest worry uh, as a Raiders fan with going up against the Bills, not so much LaShawn McCoy, but it's Robert Woods out of the slot. I do worry about that. Uh, the Raiders will occasional big plays. You afraid of that? Yeah, we'll we'll see. But I do think they could really rattle and beat up Tyrod Taylor. So if they can get Tyrod Taylor, I think you could easily throw Tyrod Taylor off his mark and really screw him up. Um, I am ne- I've never been impressed by Tyrod Taylor. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's at best mediocre, and I think the Raiders could wreck him. Um, it, really will, it will really come down to how well can they handle uh, on the backside of the play. So, uh, all that being said, the Raiders will have probably have Amerson and Perry Riley back. I think that will be a big difference. Um, and again, I do think overall the Raiders match up pretty well against the Bills. They don't really have a whole lot of speed at the wide receiver position. That scares me. Uh, yeah. Sammy Watkins just isn't quite healthy. 
What? Sammy Watson. He's back, baby. Rick catches 80 yards. Who is? Sammy Watson. I don't trust that he's going to be actually healthy. We'll see. Even if Sammy Watson is back, you mean, he's going to is he down really down. healthy? I mean, to be honest, like, let's, let's be honest about this. The guy's never healthy. He's, he's completely, you know, he, the guy's kind of a wreck. So we'll, we'll see if he's legitimately healthy. Um, but, yeah, I think overall it's a good matchup for the Raiders. The Bills' defense doesn't scare me in any way. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But I do think the Raiders can win. Um, I'll take the Raiders minus three and a half. I really wanted to take the Bills. Actually, I might, actually, now. Depending on how Derek Carr reacts. See that, whatever finger injury is that's dislocated. Uh, the finger's perfectly fine from everything it sounds like. Well, if it's an issue, I want to see Matt McGloin. I was so happy to, like, oh, Carr's injured. Can I see Matt McGloin yet? I wanted to see that. Yeah, that was uh, bad. The McGloin thing, they just blitzed them immediately on third down, and it was ugly. But uh, from all si- from everything that's being said, Carr's finger's fine. He's going to be fine to go on Sunday. Well, his brother so, said dislocated in two places. What's that? Carr's brother, NFL Network, said it was dislocated in two different places. Yeah. So I think I think it's worrisome a bit. No, he's already saying he's already said that it's gonna be that he's fine. I mean, what what else do you expect them to say? I expect it to be not an issue. <laughs> okay. It's a dislocation. It's not a break. It's not gonna swell like a break will. And breaks don't even necessarily swell. It depends on the break. And it's a finger. It's not you know. It's not a big meaty joint where there's tons of uh, blood cells and everything where it's going to have an immediate rush of blood. It's not really that big of a deal. Uh, in terms of his throwing motion, he doesn't use that much. He doesn't use his pinky much. Uh, it would be a lot bigger deal if it was his index finger. That was also something David Carr said, that Derek Carr doesn't really use his pinky, so it's not even a big deal. So. I changed my pick. I think I'm taking the bill. Go for it. <laughs> When the Raiders beat them by 10, I'm going to laugh at you. Uh, the Giants-Steelers team. The Giants are lucky to be 8-3. Um, and three. They barely walked away from the Browns. I mean, I mean, come on. I think it was 21 points against the Browns. Come on. Uh, I mean, Browns actually have brought it on defense to the first quarter and then sort of the doors sort of fell off there. Um, I mean, they've been lucky these past few weeks. I just think luck finally in. Pittsburgh destroyed. Yeah, uh, I have neither one of these teams do I have a lot of faith in. And Especially not the Giants, who I can't figure out. But at the same time, Pittsburgh, defense sucks. It's beat up. Hopefully they can get back on track offensively. The issue here 
is it's a five it's plus five and a half for the Giants, which is really tempting. But this Pittsburgh at home, they're just kind of due for a game where they beat a team pretty decently, and their Giants are kind of due for a game where they come back down to earth. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus five and a half, and I feel dirty. You see, you know what a fan told me? Because they're being rushed at so much because the run defense is so bad. That's why they're not playing Justin Gilbert, and Justin Gilbert is the solution at cornerback. I want. I laugh so hard. I'm at that. I'm like Justin Gilbert's not a good cornerback. What full effort? And they're like, oh, he and Artie Burns are going to be so good. You, you'll, you'll see. Well, that's going really well, I guess. I know, right? Um, I have the Steelers winning. I don't think it's close. Giants can't run the ball. They try all these running backs, and they know the best running back is Paul Perkins right now. They go through this phase. They go with three running backs, and usually at the end of the year, it's Rashard Jennings. And, I mean, just give Perkins the ball 13 times a game. Yeah, that's all, that makes too much sense. I I know, but it's just simple. You give him the volume, he'll produce. No, he is not a foundation running back, a guy you can start all the time. Um, he's just probably a better get us a backup in most cases. But with this running game, he's probably the best running back in this group. I actually rather see Orleans Darkwad back in the mix. Are we moving on to Tampa Bay, San Diego yet? Nope. Cardinals, Redskins. Oh, God, this game's going to suck. Redskins are going to blow them out. Hey, hey, hey. I don't want to hear that. I'm, I'm forced to start. Oh, sorry. It's going to happen. Redskins are minus two and a half. I'm taking the Redskins. They're going to beat the Cardinals by 14. I have to start the Cardinals defense this week in fantasy. Yeah. It's going to be ugly, bro. It's going to be ugly. Just well, hold on. It was the Vikings defense. It was either them. What's that? It was either that or the Vikings defense. Which I couldn't do if I had Elliot. I'd lose points. Well, I don't know. Don't ask me about fantasy stuff. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Um, I do think this is a huge Jameson Crowder game, I think. Patrick Peterson, I know he's dealing with an injury. He's going to lock down Deshaun Jackson. Jackson is still the number one in this offense. Crowder's the primarily the number two because Garcon's crap. And yet Arizona's still going to lose by 14 points. I see it. I actually could see it close. It doesn't matter. Watch the dog and they're going to win. So I'm taking Washington plus two and a half because they're winning this football game and they're a dog. I watch the Cardinals every week, but I mean, if you just give David Johnson volume from the gate, throw off play action to Michael Floyd and Larry Fitz and John Brown, your problem, David Johnson, you'd win more games. Your problem is Carson Palmer and a crappy offensive line. Until last week. And bad drafting with DJ Humphreys has been terrible. 
and some deep cheese left and done crap. And there is other scrap of round pick. Another first round pick, Jonathan Cooper, is no longer on the team. So I'm kind of sad here. We don't draft well. And it's affecting us in some of the biggest spots. I told y'all, I told everybody, draft uh, Emmanuel Ogba. Guess what? Emmanuel Ogba showing up. <laughs> Can you beat you is not. Anyways, I. Brits <laughs> teams win this. I uh, give it about a seven point game. You're going to hate life after this game, I'm just saying. Bucks Chargers. Maybe the game of the week. Could be. Could be a really fun one. Question is. Who actually wins? And I really don't know. The problem is, I really worry about the Bucks' offense from a consistency standpoint, and their defense isn't as good as it's played the last couple of weeks. So I have a feeling San Diego's going to win this game, because I do think Bosa could wreck that Tampa Bay offensive line. I agree, absolutely. I have the Chargers winning. Um, the best offense confuses me. They get shredded by really bad teams, but they hold their own against Seattle. I mean, what the hell? And I mean, it was a bad matchup to begin with Sherman and Evan. Say that again? Uh, I said it was really bad match last week, Sherman on Evan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Evan's roasted him. And Sherman, actually, you think would match up well against him because he's so big, but it just did not go well at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to go, and, you know, San Diego's going to try to stick uh, Cameron What's-His-Face on him, that corner from um, Green Bay they got. Chubbo from the Dolphins, Brian Grimes? No, no, no. The kid, the guy from Green Bay, he was the... Oh, I even remember talking about him in the preseason. I wanted him. What's his name? Uh, Vernon Harper? What? Are we talking about King or are we talking about? Casey Hayward. I was talking about uh, San Diego. Oh, you're confused. Casey Hayward. I'm sorry, Casey Hayward. So they're trying to stick Casey Hayward on Evans. You were really down on Casey Hayward in the offseason. Yeah, he's a good player. And you can see he's leading the NFL interceptions. (laughs) He's a good football player, you know. I would have taken him over Sean Smith any day of the week. I was not a Sean Smith fan. I did not want Sean Smith. Oh, oh, Uh, bull crap. We'll rewind the tape. You're like, I really want Sean Smith. I think Sean oh, Smith no, 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 no. Go check my Twitter. Trust me on that. Go rewind it. I don't care. I was not a Sean Smith person. Nope, nope, nope. And I wasn't for Reggie Nelson either. I wanted oh, Rodney Cloud. I wanted... No, go ahead and check. You can check all you want. I even got blog proof about it. I was not pro Sean Smith. I was four years ago. 
Not now. Not when coming off KC at 30, 31 years old. I did not want Sean Smith. You go ahead and listen back. Sean go for it. 29 years old. What? Sean Smith's 29 years old. Whatever. I may have said, okay, you know what, the Raiders can handle, you know, can use Sean Smith. It's fine. You know, it's fine. I was not pro Sean Smith. I might have been, you know, what's a good word for it, ambivalent, but I definitely wasn't pro Sean Smith. Actually, if I remember for corner, I wanted the kid that's in uh, Los Angeles right now that didn't get away. Him and Casey yeah, Hayward. Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson. I, that was but you really said Sean Smith was your close second. No. No. No, no, no. Look, I'm going to no. on the tape. <laughs> Go for it. There's no way I would have said he was. If he was my second, it's because there was nobody else, and it definitely wouldn't have been close. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't have been close. I like I said, I just did not. I was not a Sean Smith fan. Tons of Raider fans wanted Sean Smith, and I was not a, a Sean Smith person. So you got one in. Oh yeah, you said Andy. Um, that brings us Panthers Seahawks. Uh, this is second to last. Well, are you going to read it, or are you going to talk about it, or what? I don't want to. <laughs> I think the, uh, the Panthers match well up against the Seahawks, uh, defense-wise. The element for uh, Russell Wilson is he lost a huge, uh, maybe a more valuable piece in Doug Baldwin, most people. On CJ Pro site, I think he was starting to become a security blanket for Russell Wilson. I think they missed the dynamic runs, which they're not, he's not Thomas Rawls just yet. Um, I was actually surprised they didn't even try out Collins, not one snap last week. Um, Jimmy Graham's been in and out. Well, I mean, he's played most games, but he's been hurt a bit. I don't know what's going on with Tyler Lockett whatsoever. Paul Richardson's rotating with him. Uh-huh. I just think the Panthers defensively match up well. It's without Luke Keekley. I don't know. I just have the Seahawks winning. I have a sneaky feeling that the Panthers could come in and win this game, but I doubt it. Okay, just out of spite. Just out of spite. I went and I wanted to look up an article of mine, a column of mine that I wrote before free agency. And here's what I said at cornerback. Plan A, sign what up? Janoris Jenkins, Jeremy Lane, or Casey Hayward. Plan B, Signed Sean Smith. Now, my no list was no Adam Jones, Leon Hall, or Prince Mukumara. Now, when I get to Sean Smith, this is what I said. Plan B is the third-year-old Sean Smith. Three seasons ago, Smith took less money to go to Kansas City, and he has not really changed who he is as a player since. He is tall and a long, press-man cornerback who could be who could be beat by speed. There are other targets I would much prefer, but getting Smith 
although short-sighted is not inherently bad. As I said, I was ambivalent at best. I definitely was not pro Sean Smith. So go kick rocks. Um, like I said, I'm a spiteful person. Uh, where was I? I got to get back to the Yeah, 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 Panthers, Seahawks. All right, now that I'm done with my spitefulness, um, I have a bad, bad feeling about this game. The Carolina's going to go out and get its absolute butt handed to it. Um, Seattle offensive line sucks without having the dump off man, as you were talking about. Uh, in ProSize, there is no real good safety blanket. The only thing is Seattle can duplicate what Tampa Bay did last week. However, I just don't see it occurring. And Carolina is going to be in the second leg of a two-game road trip on the West Coast. However, Carolina is getting seven and a half points. Uh, I'm not sure yet if I'm going to take Carolina plus seven and a half for Seattle, but I'm kind of leaning towards Seattle. And but you agree, Seattle wins. I definitely think Seattle wins. It's just a matter of by how much. And uh, last but not least, I say the best team for that. Just kidding. It's going to be awful. Uh, Colts, Jack. Yeah. This game sucks. Indianapolis is minus a half point. I'm taking Indianapolis. Yeah, and I think you're going to see either Hackenberg and Petty in this game at the end. Maybe. But that game still sucks. You have Colts win, no debate. Um, where can people find your work? At holistic underscore pickle. I will also be doing the game this weekend for the Raiders, Raiders and Bills. Check that out. Uh, of course, the Twitter handle for the broadcast at Real TEA Show. TEA Show. Check it out. And uh, there you go. That's all I got. I'm ready for bed. Oh, Got to be up early in the morning. All right, till next time. See you Peace. Uh, till next Tuesday. Um, this is 